Kentucky fans, we just need to go ahead and accept it. If the Wildcats are going to compete against the Jayhawks, they are going to have to do it without three big men that they desperately need. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Daw, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be discussing the big three for the Wildcats, Zvonimir Ivasich, Aaron Bradshaw, and Yugena Onyenzo. None of them are going to be available against Kansas. This is not that much of a shock to us here on the show, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Travis Perry also committed to the Kentucky Wildcats, four-star point guard in-state player. Going to talk about what he is and what he could be next season for UK. And then finally, going to give some expectations uh, from myself uh, for this Kansas game tomorrow. It's a really big one for the Wildcats, but um, I'm not feeling as confident as I was earlier this offseason largely due in part to the fact that Kentucky is just simply shorthanded. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, I would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the show. We are close to 5,600 subs. If you're listening on podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you subscribed there as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. So John Calipari met with the media, and he gave an update on Kentucky's three seven-footers. Well, actually, before that, he gave an update on a Duthiero Thiero, who had potentially a concussion. According to Coach Cal, Thiero will be okay. He expects him to play tomorrow in Chicago versus Kansas, but there will be no Aaron Bradshaw, as we did potentially uh, get a little bit of hope over the weekend after Bradshaw posted a cryptic message to his Instagram story about potentially being back at some point. Uh, I don't didn't I didn't really take a whole lot of stock in that. And uh, here we are getting word from the from the head man that he is not going to be available to play. If they somehow pull a surprise and say, "Oh yes, Bradshaw is actually available," I'll be very pleased. I don't think it's going to happen. I think everything the information that we've been given up until this point reflects that. So, Aaron Bradshaw, your seven foot one power forward that you brought in to be one of the twin towers that you have down low, uh, you are not going to have him tomorrow. And that really does sting because of the versatility that he brings to your lineup and the abilities that you would then therefore have with your already shorthanded rotation. You'd be able to kind of shift some guys around, let the arrow uh, work as a backup instead of as a primary there at your power forward spot. Jordan Burks wouldn't have to play as many minutes as he does currently at center for the Wildcats, which is just Wild to think about that that's the current state of the roster. But Bradshaw is not the only person out. You gun on Yenzo, uh, what I think is going to end up being Kentucky's best rim protector on this team. He also is not available. This one's not a shock at all. And we expected him to be back sometime late November anyway, um, if not pushing into December. Uh, Coach Cal a couple of weeks ago said something about him being a couple of weeks behind Bradshaw, who was a couple of weeks away from being able to really uh, get going. And then the status of Zvonimir Ivasich. This is kind of what I wanted to focus on here in this beginning segment. And yes, I am going to bash the NCAA. 
uh, as a lot of you are probably going to do the same in the comments below. According to Coach Cal, Zvonimir has only practiced six, practiced six or seven days since he's been at Kentucky. He's not shutting the door on him playing against Kansas if he is deemed eligible. According to Coach Cal, he said this in his press conference. He said, quote, the NCAA has 45 days to make a judgment from the time he gets here. If we had gotten him earlier, we would know it is what it is though it would be nice to throw him in the game and reward him for what he has been through. So, as we discussed back in, I believe, mid-September, when you and I were having conversations about Zvonimir, about whether or not Kentucky was going to clear him, and then throughout October we had these frustrations as well, finally got Zvonimir Ivasic cleared to come play for the Wildcats, but not deemed eligible by the NCAA. We were sitting there, and I'm going to criticize every, every, every party involved, so, so just brace yourself. This all, I think, comes back to Kentucky's admissions office. I blame this on the admissions office. And I know that there are going to be a lot of you out there. Some of the some of you maybe work in the field that I do that may question that, that may say, come on, man, you know, you, you understand the different things going on or that there was a lot more behind the scenes than we truly understood. And here's what I'm going to sit here and tell you today. I don't care what happened. All I know as somebody that has been watching Kentucky basketball for quite some time, watching the sport for quite some time, and I think all of you would agree with this, the university is a basketball school. Kentucky is a basketball school. It is one of the best college basketball programs in the country. If your coach, if your formerly national championship winning coach sees fit to try and bring in a player to come to the school, to make the school money at the end of the day, you should prioritize, therefore, making sure that he gets into your system, gets approved, and then is able to come play for your school, especially considering your stinking university has a 95% acceptance rate. How on earth was this, this admission staff so incompetent as to not understand what the long-term ramifications are for a player like this, for your program and your team that makes you money. How is that so hard to grasp? You should be able to get the process moving further along quicker than it did initially. I am so frustrated with the way that this ended, and it feels like there are portions of this. It may not be the entire story. There are portions of this where it ended up just simply being a university's pride. Well, we're not going to let him in because he doesn't know English well enough. He can't speak it. He can't write it. And yet the University of I want to reiterate this. Kentucky has a 95% acceptance rate. It blows my mind that it took that long. But you know what? We got them. Hey, we got them coming in. Awesome. But now we get to see some more problems because the NCAA as an organization, we all know, is incompetent. They have no ability to be competent. They never will be competent. And so we will continue to have to deal with this moronic institution on top of the fact that you had a slow-going admissions office. Of course, it's academia. And here we are now, breathing in the ramifications and spinning back out this crap that Calipari's throwing at us, where it's just like, well, if we got him in earlier, we wouldn't have known is what it is. And here we are outside of Ivasic. The reason you brought him in is to have better depth because your two seven-footers are already out to begin with because you couldn't keep them healthy, understandably so. 
It's just also frustrating. And it goes back to, I think, the admissions office. If you had gotten this thing straightened out quicker than you had, we would not be sitting here complaining about this, worrying about this, and you would have a seven foot three, seven foot four, gigantic, very talented basketball player going to compete against the best team in the country. And if you beat this team, if you beat this team, do you understand? What starts to form here? Let's pull up Kim Palm real quick, shall we? Let's pull this up real quick here in the first segment. I did not expect to get on a tear here at the beginning. Let's just try and check this one out. It's trying to ask me to... Okay, so here we go. You beat Kansas. Congratulations, you're 3-0, and and you have an, a guaranteed quad one victory that's going to allow you to do things in the postseason. The thing your fan base is begging your basketball team to get better at, winning in the postseason. So you've already got a shoe in to maybe pick up some more wins that are just as good, if not maybe better, with teams like Gonzaga or teams like Alabama at the end of the year. But you've got Kansas on your resume. Congratulations. You're probably going to get a better seed because you beat this team early in the year. But what does it do for your ticket sales? What does it do for your home uh, home court attendance? What does it do for the engagement? The past five years of this program, Kentucky has done jack that has meant anything to the fan base that keeps coming back, and that's why they're so frustrated right now. And so if you cannot get a kid cleared to play early in the season against in, against a team that matters and a game that matters, you are costing yourself. It, 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 again, it doesn't make any sense for a university with that high of an acceptance. Now, I would understand if Kentucky was a little bit more prestigious and in that, in that regard, when it came to identifying the type of person that they wanted to come to their university and then really cracking down on it for whatever reason, I'm not saying because Kentucky has a 95% acceptance rate that they're, they're not a good school. They're a good school. They're an SEC school. It's a great school. But you let people in. You let people come there. And yet you didn't let, you didn't let somebody who is going to possibly alter the course of this season in... It just it, it does it does not make sense to me. It does not make sense to me. It does not make sense to me. This is the player. This is the player that you could have definitively had back. And even if somehow between my recording right now, which is currently at five thirty in the afternoon on November thirteenth, twenty twenty three, if we somehow get him cleared before they t- they they throw that ball up for tip against Kansas tomorrow night, I will still sit here and say, if you did not drag your shoes, and finally, and you did not just get the process moving along, then this could have been a little bit easier to get him cleared by an institution, the NCAA, that does not know what they're doing. At least it feels like it doesn't. It feels like it doesn't. They could be sitting there knowing, okay, well, we have an opportunity to display uh, our power here to let everybody know that thinks we are just some throw-under-the-rug organization uh, that we can sit here and let everyone know, hey, we're still in charge. We still control things. We still let everybody know what's going on here, and we're going to go do this as an act of power. Same thing with the Tez Walker situation at UNC. Same thing with a couple of other uh, college football players at the beginning of the year. We're just going to let this Vonamir kid in Kentucky know, hey, we can do whatever we want with you, and we'll clear you when we say we want to clear you because we can. That could be the case here. Or they could just be sitting there with a thumb up their butt thinking about how they can screw another kid over that's wanting to go play college college athletics. This is this is the most ridiculous thing with Zvonimir Ivasich, and I'm so frustrated with it. You got 45 days, by the way, according to Tristan Ferris, at Tristan UDA on Twitter. Uh, he was admitted to the university on October 4th. So November 18th would have been the uh, would be the uh, the end date there to get an answer uh, to get an answer. 
It could have could be here though. The fact that he arrived on campus on the twelfth of October, so forty five days after that is November twenty sixth. We're not we're not quite sure which timeline is correct there, the eighteenth or the twenty sixth. But point being, you should get an answer by the end of the month on Big Z. Thank goodness, because let's take a look here one more time. November twenty sixth. Let's see how many games you're going to play up until that point. Uh, you will have played Marshall, St. Joseph, Stonehill, awesome. So that will be uh, a couple of days before the Miami game. So we should have an answer before the Miami game about whether or not Zvonimir Ivasich is going to play. Bradshaw at that point could honestly be back. I would expect him to be very close, if not returning, uh, to practice for Kentucky. But this is ridiculous. This is frustrating. It's just so annoying because you have a really, 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 really good chance here to get to get one back from last season, obviously, which is less important here. This is less about Kansas and more about just like getting back on track, doing something for your fan base that makes them feel good, giving this program, giving this fan base hope, giving this program hope. You could have had it. Kentucky could have had it. But because of injuries and people deciding to be slow in the way that they want to process through things, and I, I truly do believe part, part of this is it, it, it is a decision to make this as slow and as grueling and as frustrating as it had, has been with Big Z. I fully believe that. So if you've got any thoughts on Big Z, Aaron Bradshaw, you got on Yenzo not playing tomorrow, uh, you can leave that in the comments below. I'm going to dive back into this later in the show about my expectations for the game tomorrow. Um, but you, you can leave your thoughts in the comments below. So I want to get into a more positive thing. Travis Perry committed to Kentucky. Not the flashiest kid in the world, but what does he do for the Wildcats? I think it could be very exciting next season in the backcourt. Before I dive into all of that, I want to tell you guys about a friends over at game time. Let's say you're trying to get some tickets to Rupp Arena to maybe see that Miami game here in a couple of weeks. Maybe you're trying to see a game before that. Stonehill, St. Joseph's, uh, UNC Wilmington as well. If you're trying to find last-minute tickets, you should not have to worry about it. You need to go over to game time. It's the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all different sporting events on top of that. They got other events as well. Music, comedy, and theater near you. Killer last-minute deals on all-in prices. View uh, from your seat as well, and then they have a best price guarantee. It takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They've got zone deals. You can pick the section, and game time can pick the seats for you for an average of an 18% uh, savings there and the game time guarantee, like I mentioned, means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section in row four less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You need to check out game time and take out all the stress when it comes to trying to buy last minute tickets. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use code locked on college for $20 bucks off. You need to get and download game time today. It is last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you've not subscribed to the show already, whether that be on podcast or on YouTube, I would really appreciate it if you went ahead and did so as we're getting the season underway. Hey, it's going to be a perfect time to subscribe. Hop on the train. It's going to be a lot of fun this season. Even though we've got some frustrations now, I do have some more positive things to say when talking about the expectations about this Kansas game here in just a minute. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you about Travis Perry, the latest commitment of the Kentucky Wildcats. So if you did not see this yesterday on Sunday afternoon, Travis Perry, a four-star point guard out of Kentucky, out of Eddyville, Kentucky, Lyon County High School, he committed to UK. I was not expecting this. I think a lot of people on the beat were not expecting this. Cincinnati was, I think, the, the in the lead here, quote-unquote. Missouri 
uh, Michigan, Ole Miss, I think, according to his 24-7 sports page, but at, out of the uh, out of Eddieville, Kentucky, according to the 24-7 sports composite, he is the number 80 overall player, the number six point guard, and the best player in the state of Kentucky. The composite has him rated a, a little bit higher than what 24-7 sports actually believes he is. Uh, 96.7 is where he rates in the composite, and then according to 24-7 sports as an individual uh, ranking there, 91 is his ranking. But he's still a four-star, still a solid four-star. Six foot two, 170 pounds, uh, not uh, not really when it comes to build or style of gameplay. The first thing that I wrote down in my notes whenever I started watching him, uh, he's not uh, very flashy. He, he's just not. No, no flash, no sparkle. Uh, the dude is not flashy. But according to his highlights and according to his numbers, he does, in fact, get the job done. I think the thing that really impressed me the most is his ability to be both a very solid spot-up shooter, but also he's great off the dribble and off of ball screens. And I don't just mean from outside the arc. I also mean in the mid-range area as well. I think when you talk about his form, I think his form is good. I think it's a very solid form for a high school high school junior, which is essentially the tape I was looking at. But as far as his release, it's pretty slow. Uh, and I, I would like to see that kind of ramp up here, especially considering what I'm about to say about this kid. Like I mentioned, not flashy. Very good shooter. I think a very good shooter whenever he's whenever he's given opportunity to pull the trigger. He can hit from deep. I think he's very impressive in that regard. You get to see, I believe there are a couple of different highlight videos of him playing against Reed Shepard uh, just a year or so ago. And both of them looked really sh- uh, really solid in that battle. Actually, arguably Shepard looked better. But Perry is not a flashy athlete. He's not a, a crazy athlete. But I think he's similar to Shepard in the fact that both of them understand the game and both of them are very high IQ guards you you could also lump DJ Wagner into this conversation as well where it's just like they're not the most explosive jumpers although I think that Wagner and Shepard are much better at at, in that regard than compared to Perry in fact I don't know if I ever saw a dunk in his highlight reels even on breakaways but uh I, I think that all of them understand the game are mature in the way that they approach it and when you watch their highlight tape you would not assume that they are as young or as inexperienced as they come uh, as as they as their surroundings would indicate, I should say. I, I think the, a, a player like Perry is someone you like to have in your backcourt as far as stability goes. It's similar to Shepard. I think he's an all-around type of player. Uh, he can shoot. He can pass. Uh, I think he's very intelligent on the defensive end. I think twenty four seven twenty four seven sports actually. Uh, pointed this out about his uh, about his defense. This is something that we talk about when discussing Reed Shepard and what he brings to the table for the Wildcats. Uh, he, they said, quote, defensively, Perry brings good energy each possession and uses his f- feel and IQ to anticipate moves and plays both on and off the ball to make an impact. Very similar to the way that we've described, uh, described Reed Shepard through the Global Jam, through the exhibitions, and now through these first couple of games of the season, anticipatory, I think is the way that I would describe Reed Shepard's defense. He feels like he knows what's going on pretty consistently, fights through ball screens, similar to Wagner as well. Um, Just a solid, smart, intelligent player that 24-7 Sports also says, quote, has a knack for always seeming to make the right play. So, hey, not necessarily the flashiest player on the planet, but I think that he does have the ability to get some solid things done for the Wildcats in next year's backcourt, especially as a shooter. Could I see this kid play a little bit off ball? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I also want to see as far as his finishing and as far as like his aggression, 
Again, I keep using the word. Not a lot of sparkle, not a lot of flash. I want to see this kid in a college setting to see how he actually does perform. I'd be curious to that. Not saying that I have my doubts. I'm just saying, how does how does that stack up? Because Shepard translated very well. Does, does, does Perry actually uh, take that step as well? And then also you have to consider for next year's squad, uh, if Shepard does come back, which I would expect that he does, I would hope that he does, you would have him and then you would have Perry, two homegrown uh, kids here in the state of Kentucky, would absolutely love to see the fanfare surrounding that backcourt next season. I think a lot of people would be excited about it. I would too. Travis Perry, four-star guard. Excited to see the stability and the comfort that both him and Shepard bring to the backcourt next season. I saw a tweet um, from Sean Venzel, Hoops Insight, friend of the program. He tweeted out talking about how Kentucky's had like 83 possessions or something like that with Reed Shepard on the floor, and they have had one turnover. I can't remember the exact number of possessions, but they've only had one turnover, and Shepard committed it himself. But outside of that, Kentucky has like eight uh, turnovers and like 53 possessions or something crazy like that. Point being, when Shepard's on the floor, there's a lot of, again, I use that word, stability. I think when you watch a guy like Perry, you see some of the similar tendencies, and you would like to expect that Kentucky has next year, although young, albeit young, a very mature backcourt when it comes to understanding how to take care of the basketball, how to play well on the defensive end and such. So not necessarily the biggest, not necessarily the most athletic or the most dominant, but consistently makes the right play. According to 24-7 Sports, that is Travis Perry. Excited to have him on the squad next season. If you've got any thoughts on Travis Perry and his commitment to the Kentucky Wildcats, got any information you want to throw down to me about how you feel about it, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. All right, I want to get to expectations that I have for Kentucky's game tomorrow against Kansas. I'm probably going to reiterate some of these in the preview episode that I do tomorrow morning. If you want to leave your thoughts on this game, either here or there, please feel free to do so. I'm very curious to see how you guys feel about this matchup. I've got some interesting thoughts. Before I dive into that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Jace Medical. There is a lot of uncertainty in the world, and it's important to be prepared you can do that with Jace Medical because they have the Jace case. It's a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. You can get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. It is doctor-created, doctor-recommended. You can choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs by going to jacemedical.com and entering code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. Again, that's promo code Locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at J-A-S-E medical.com. Don't get caught unprepared. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked on Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. I really appreciate you one more time listening to Locked on Kentucky. Excited to have you guys along here on the ride to begin the season. Subscribe wherever you are listening or watching. All right, I've got expectations for Kentucky versus Kansas. We'll start with the negatives, end with the positives, because I think there are positives to take away from this one. The first thing I think we should all be aware of, heading into this contest against what could end up being the best team in the nation, and I'm not saying that just because of the fact that they've dominated their first two games against very bad opponents. Who cares? It's the personnel that they have. It's the coach. It's the organization. But Kentucky is undermanned. That's what we need to understand here. 
Kentucky is an undermanned team. This is an undermanned, shorthanded team. I'm going to continue to emphasize that as we get closer to this game and as we get past this game into future non-conference competition. Because once you get to that Miami game and you possibly don't have, let's say, you don't have Ugunna, you don't have Big Z, he's still not been cleared, and you only have the one. You've got Aaron Bradshaw back there. You'll still sit there and say, okay, this is not the Kentucky team we expect to see a couple of months from now. Let's go ahead and just accept the fact that Kentucky has to play without their entire rotation. You're not going to see Kentucky pull out all the stops tomorrow because they have a bunch of depth. You're not going to see it. You also may see, because of the fact that you only have seven and a half players because a Duthiero is expected to go, you could see Kentucky get into foul trouble and just literally not be able to do anything about it. You've got eight scholarship players. you got three that can come off the bench for you. You cannot afford to get into foul trouble against a team like Kansas that is going to consistently test you at the rim. Could get ugly in that regard. Who knows? I'm going to tell you three reasons tomorrow why I think Kentucky may win this game. I've got some positives as well, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But this is an undermanned team. That's the first thing I want to say as as far as the expectations here. This is also a young team. Statistically, I think it's been very impressive the way that Kentucky has handled themselves despite their inexperience in youth. But this still is a very young team. It's a bunch of freshmen, and now they're getting the biggest test of them all. Sure, you played against a bunch of really good teams in Canada, and you've gotten a couple of exhibition games, and now a couple of games where one of them you had some legitimate adversity for an entire half. But now you get to play against what could be the very best team in the college basketball this year. With a player you missed out on in the transfer portal, that's seven foot one, can shoot the three, and is dominant around the rim. Looks really good in Bill Self's offense. This is a young team that may struggle with that. Compare, also, on top of that, I don't want to say comparatively. Also, on top of that, Kentucky's lack of height does bring a, a little bit of concern. How do these guards defensively handle some of these bigger wings that they're going to get switched onto? It's going to happen. K.J. Adams, guys like Hunter Dickinson as well down low. You're going to see guys like McCuller for for Kansas be a legitimate problem. How do you handle that? Last year, Kentucky didn't have a really good small forward or power forward to handle Jalen Wilson. He's not here anymore, but still, how does Kentucky attack these lengthier wings and guards for Kansas? Sure, you've got a lot of really aggressive, high-scoring ability guards yourself, but defensively, how do you handle this being shorthanded, being inexperienced, what does this team look like? How How is their mental throughout this game? I'm really curious to see that as well. And then the final thing I want to get to here, as far as my expectations, it's, a, it's an undermanned team, it's a young team, and if Kentucky does win this game, if they somehow manage to pull this one off, I think that this is just proving that they are not back, but they are a competent team. And I think that that's still true, but I think it really does solidify it in not just our minds, but I think in the in the minds of everybody watching college basketball. Kentucky over the past few seasons, I said at the, at the beginning of the show, Kentucky has been lacking when it comes to what they are actually accomplishing in the postseason. They've also been lacking when it comes to what they're accomplishing within this own within their own conference, the SEC, because they've struggled to not just win the SEC regular season, but also to win the SEC tournament for four or five years now. I believe we had Andy Patton on the show uh, last week. We're going to have him on again this week. About talking with with him, we realized, hey, it's been like five years 
since Kentucky has won in the NCAA or in the SEC tournament. It's been like seven years since they've actually done anything for the regular season, not named surrounding the COVID year. So Kentucky, I think, is a competent team. I think they are. Absolutely, I think they are. I think these guards are very mature for their age. You could see them slip up in this in this matchup still. I think that Kentucky has a couple of very solid veterans in Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell. They could play awful in this game. I don't know. They could also go combine for 40 points and be the reason Kentucky wins. Who knows? But I think at the end of the day, win or lose, it's not the end of the world. It is not the end of the world. It's also not the beginning of a new one if Kentucky somehow manages to take this team down shorthanded. You need to understand this right now is a good team. They are just not fully healthy. They are not all together yet. The pieces of the puzzle, they're in the mail right now, and they're going to be shipped once you finally get them from the manufacturer manufacturer that forgot to put them in the box in the first place. Let's just give it a moment. Let's watch this game. Let's appreciate it. Let's pay attention to how Kentucky battles in this one, win or lose, and if they're able to somehow pull it off, we'll celebrate. And I think it'll be huge for you moving forward as far as fan support, like I said earlier, as far as engagement, and as far as what it does for your NCAA tournament resume. So if you've got any thoughts on the game tomorrow, I'm going to break it down in full about what we need to expect about the Kansas offense and defense as well, how Kentucky matches up. I think it could potentially get out of hand, just to be honest with you, because of what Kansas likes to do. But Kentucky's got some really good guards. So we're going to break that down on tomorrow's episode. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDaw underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. You can hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And God bless. Thank you.